Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I have become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. We are finishing up our series that we've been calling Normal People Problems, where we've been tackling challenges that impact everyone, like nutrition, finances, home management, and parenting. But we're looking at the unique challenges faced by those on the front lines, along with tools to help you manage these areas a little easier. Today, I'm joined by Christina and Nadine from Simply Organized for You. This dynamic duo joined me to talk about home organization and managing the chaos. I needed this one, you guys, and I hope you take some practical pieces away from it too. Here we go. Welcome, Christina and Nadine. I'm so glad to have you here with me. I actually, of all of of the episodes that we're doing as part of this being normal thing, um... I think this is the one I personally am the most excited about because I feel like it's the one I personally have the most to benefit from. (laughs) And so I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, We were talking before we jumped on that I've got young kids and I feel like my life is chaos a lot of the time. Um, And so any any little hints you guys have from your work, I'm really excited to glean um, and take home myself before anyone else gets to hear them. But I'm also really (laughs) excited to share you with our audience because I know for a lot of them between like for many working shift work, um, many working in like two income households where everyone's just really busy, right? Everyone's working, everyone's got stuff. It's hard to keep up. Um, And so I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are really excited to hear any of the feedback you guys have to share around ways we can like simplify, modify, be more intentional with how we're doing our home lives so that we can maybe feel less overwhelmed by them. That's the dream anyways, I think. Um, So let's start with having each of you just have a minute to tell me a little bit about yourselves and what led into your work. Okay. Well, first first of all. Yeah, first of all. We just want to thank you for having us. Thank you very much. We're excited to be here. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But go ahead, Nadine. You go first. Okay. I'll go first. Um, Okay. So much like yourself, um, I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. I've dabbled in different industries, um, mostly working in sales positions. I've also done fundraising and event planning. And most recently, um, before we started, I worked in home renovations and I managed a home renovation project. Okay. Um, I've lived in different countries. I lived in Switzerland, uh, New York, 
well, that's part of the United States, but of course, but I also lived in California. Um, So orchestrating all of those international moves, settling my family. um, I learned a lot about that. Um, Packing, Mm -hmm. unpacking, working with overseas companies, um, relocation agents. So planning and, um, you know, going through that process was something that I have in my back pocket now. So I understand those stresses that people go through as well. And basically, um, I love working with people and love what we do. And, and Mm. we, Christine and I, just before COVID started, we, I just finished my position and her, she just finished her contract and we sat down and had a coffee and that's how we got into our business. Mm. But our background led us up to our meeting and how we morphed Mm. into Simply organized for you. <laughs> that's so that's funny. basically my my little story. Totally love it. And Christina, how about you? How did you get here? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, I tend to get my nose involved in everything, <laughs> so <laughs> I I enjoy uh, knowing a, a little bit about everything. But my my background is in uh, business and operations, and um, my last gig was helping people uh, kind of kickstart their small business. And um, because I have some sales background, marketing and operations, um, it led me to a company that was a staging company. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so buying, selling homes uh, was was who we were supporting. But we noticed there was such a demand for um, helping people get to that point where they're ready to sell and, um, and then of course, my husband and I, we, uh, renovated nine homes always while living in them. So we would, you know, jump into a house wow. with the kids and yeah, the yeah. kids, yeah. You want to talk subfloor, the kids know what a subfloor is. Mm-hmm. So they, they, uh, they get the whole process of renovating and they were kind of our demo crew. Um, mm. so we got them involved as a little family thing. Anyway, we, worked our way to uh, where we are today, just like Nadine said, about seeing that there was such a need um, where people would say, you know, I'm so organized at ho- at work, but my home life is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, you just wanted to help. And then we got our expertise just from uh, helping people and, of course, um, getting some Uh, training that we just it was kind of self-imposed training and uh, realized we had such a great thing going because people would comment like you know you've saved me or you've given us hope you've given us hope yeah that was a big thing you've given us hope again you've given us hope and I you know I can't believe that I actually see my floor <laughs> because you know mm, yeah. stuff everywhere it's like a magical thing to see <laughs> yeah, a magical yeah. thing to see or you know thanks for giving me those tips now I'm gonna work with those and uh and we we still get recommendations from people that we saw a couple of years ago at the very beginning when we first started which is such a such a compliment to us um totally. so yeah so that's kind of how it all morphed we love helping people and people will say that all the time oh you know we love helping people 
but we really love helping yeah. you <laughs> because it's, we're kind of therapists yeah. of yeah. a different yes. sort, yeah. you know, totally. kind of the hands-on therapist where you see clothes yeah. flying. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yes. people really love that. And, uh, and so there you go. I hope, hopefully I've answered that mm. question. I could get into yeah. way more detail. Yeah. Like the last <laughs> no, hour. That's good. I love it. I actually awesome. really appreciated Nadine's piece about the moving. Like one of the things I know, Mm-hmm. I found really tricky is I grew up moving quite a lot. Like there was a stretch mm-hmm. of time Same. where my family and between my family and I, I moved <laughs> 10 times in 10 years and I had moved, like we had moved to from Alberta to Massachusetts and then Massachusetts to Illinois within nine months and then Illinois back to Canada. Um, and it's to do that, you call a lot of things. And so I learned really young to not get super attached to stuff. Because, Same. Yes. Right? Because yeah. you had to fit it on a truck and it was being, it was, yeah. you're being charged for the move by weight. And so yeah, my mom, yes. I remember being like 13 and my mom handing me a banker's box and saying, whatever you can fit in here that's sentimental to you, you can keep anything that doesn't fit goes. Yes. And it was like this. I mean, when you're 13, everything's sentimental. Like everything means something to you. Like every stuffy still has like childhood value, but every like note from your best friend also matters. And like that process was hard, but after a while it was like a no brainer. It was just like, oh yeah, it's all crap. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, Meanwhile, I'm married to someone whose parents still live in the same house that they built when, like before he was born, when they were first married. Yes. And he hasn't ever called a thing in his life. And so one of the interesting dynamics that we find in our experiences living together is he has this tendency to like want to keep all of the things. And I'm like, none times. of it matters. None yes. of it matters. <laughs> like, yeah. Why do we have this? Get rid of it. And so I remember when we were like moving out of the baby phase. And um, it was time to start getting rid of some of this stuff. And for him, he's like, but that has, and when they were, and they were little and we have to keep, and I'm like, eh, like get rid of yeah. Like, yeah. We'll keep Like those four yeah. things that I actually feel like I want to cry if we got rid of them and the rest of it junk, just get yeah. it out of my house. I think that's why we both find it easy to help people as well and disassociate yeah. because we both have moved a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We, so we get the process and, and, yeah. and, and not so yeah. much the process, but we get the emotion that's attached to it too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, you, you, you can't help but attach yourself to something that was important for you at that very time. But mm-hmm. there are more, there are other important things that have come along the way. So you just have to yeah. juggle that and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And keep totally. the most important, right? Like that's what we'll tell our clients yeah. sometimes. Let's put that aside and we'll make a decision on that later if they have a yeah. difficult time trying to let that go. Yeah. And then we revisit mm-hmm. it. And oftentimes, actually nine times out of 10, yeah. they're like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. But you just yeah. need to give them that time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So I, th- I, I would say we can read our clients pretty well at this point. Yeah. We've become mm-hmm. little psychologists. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it yeah. is, it's an emotional process and for sure. Yeah. sure is. Psychology yeah. built into those decisions and the ways that we choose to value things and how we prioritize valuing a thing over valuing the simplification of my life without that thing. Right. And 
so often I think in life, we're so busy just going through the motions of day to day, like what's the next yeah. meal I have to make? And then where's the next place I have to run a kid? Yeah. And then what's the next, right? Like what's the next <laughs> left curveball yeah. I'm going to be thrown? Um, mine right now is sick children, right? Like we're always kind of the next thing that we don't necessarily take the time to look at all of our things and go, is this serving me well? Is it not right. serving me well? Would the space this leaves behind, if it were gone, serve me better than this currently serves me? Like it's, it's an intentional process and you guys would be entering into that yeah. in a way that is unique, right? And not like people's normal Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because things can, yeah. things can be weighing, right? Like they, they yeah. the energy it weighs on an individual mm-hmm. can sometimes yeah. become so overwhelming that it becomes debilitating. Yeah, totally. And also, yeah. and also, people are at different stages of that stress. Yeah. Um, you know, they're either being told by a family member that they can't handle the mess anymore, or can't handle the clutter, or they themselves are at that stage where they can't handle the clutter but it's also being in tune with where are they at in the process of frustration and where are they at in the process of being ready to make decisions uh, to let go of certain things yeah yeah okay you guys so tell me what your connection is to first responders and frontline workers um and are there any unique challenges that you've seen working with that kind of category of people um, well, much like first response workers, I would say, you know, they, they want to help people. That's their first priority. And that's, yeah. that's us. Yeah. We just want to help people and we gen genuinely want to help people. Um, yeah. and as Christina mentioned earlier, we, we have clients from all spectrums mm-hmm. and we've gotten really good at being able to, um, zero in and tailor are offering to each one of those clients what they might need, mm-hmm. how much extra care they might need. Again, much like right. a first responder, right? Yeah. So right, I think, like it's your own version of triaging. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And it's just such a natural process for us at this point and working mm-hmm. together. You know, it's even gone as far as like immediately she will jump in because she might have better techniques with that client and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, we're just we're just so in sync now. We understand yeah. when one needs to pull back and go over here, and one needs to focus a little bit more on the client because we we just intuitively know that they'll be really good with that person. Hmm. So yeah. yes, hundred percent. Yes, we've we actually have had the opportunity of um, working with RCMP officers, um, hmm. with nurses. Yeah. Uh, no doctors yet. Psychologists. Psychologists. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, and we've just noticed. I guess the common thread is, I get home and I am done. I'm yeah. physically and mentally done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of yeah. course, because we started up during COVID, we saw that even more, and totally. people were just unfortunately taking their work life home with them as well you, you, you just can it's just a, a natural thing it's going to happen it's hard to break mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you know you're bringing all this uh, fatigue with you and uh, when it comes to coming home and then okay my second job is well it's actually my first job is taking care of my family but it's now become second 
and the yeah. house has become, you know, 50 second because totally. you just don't mm-hmm. have the time. Um, but you still have to feed everybody and you still have to take care of everybody. Um, so you, you do have time as the kids are growing, you have to buy them bigger clothes, but do you have time to sort through the stuff that doesn't fit them anymore? Absolutely not. So Mm -hmm. it starts to add up. So that's kind of where we come in and, you know, and help them through that process. And then there's the emotional process attached to what I keep and what I donate. Do I keep the booties or do I get rid of the Mm. the fifth set of booties? And you know what, you know what I'm getting at. Totally. Absolutely. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. Well, and I'm curious, like, so given some of those experiences working with RCMP and nurses and psychologists and people kind of in that category, are there, do you find that there are unique challenges and or some unique solutions to some of those challenges? Like how is it different working with them compared to working with Um, other people? Well, I I do think across the board, all of our clients have similarities. Yeah. And that is they, they feel, they feel overwhelmed in their space and they get to a point where they don't want to be like that anymore. Mm -hmm. right we've heard it and then we've heard it time and time again where we get into their space and they're like I never used to be like this yeah I was always organized person yeah (laughs) right (laughs) right it happened it it, we hear it all the time but Mm -hmm. um probably the the biggest difference is is they give so much at their work from from our experience working with them and they work long hours and they're really invested some like what we are, but we have the ability to separate that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are right in it with them, listening to people's problems, yeah. you know, sitting there and trying trying to solve everything for them. Or, you know, they, they have no room for error, really. If they're yeah. a doctor mm-hmm. uh, prescribing medications, um, there's no room for error. They have to be 150% on all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that... Um, that's a major difference. Can I add to that? Yes, 100%. Yeah. There's, there's also <clears throat> the fact that they're uh, looked to for help and assistance yeah. um, and, and knowledgeable about what they do. People look to them and go, you know, like, help me, save me, or, you know, fix this. Um, when they come home, there's almost an embarrassment, if you could believe yes. it. Like, we've, 
we on the phone, we're like, I'm so embarrassed because we ask our clients to send us pictures. So we get an idea mm-hmm. of the situation they're in. And like, I, I don't know if I could send them quite yet. I have to tidy up beforehand. <laughs> like, no, 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 just send them. Really? That's <laughs> the whole point. The whole point. That's the whole yeah. point. Don't yeah. worry about tidying up. It's like you tidy up before the cleaning lady yes. comes, you know, like, you, no, don't do yes. that. Um, not that we have cleaning ladies, but you know, people have yeah. said like, oh yeah, I have to tidy up before the cleaning lady comes. Well, similarly, there's such an embarrassment because they're, yeah. they're looked at as, um, these pillars within their community. Like mm-hmm. everybody looks up to, uh, a fireman or a nurse and it's mm-hmm. like, thank you. You know, we'll be at a coffee shop and we see police come in and we always thank them for doing what they do. But then when they get home, everything falls apart <laughs> And they're embarrassed. And yeah. so we're, we really make sure that that embarrassment is human, that there is no embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You're just being a human being yeah. and, and accept that. And then from there, boom, now we can help you. Right. And, the, and it just goes so much better. And I'm going to add uh, one thing definitely is once, once our clients, you know, whomever they are, as soon as they pick up the phone and they're ready. Yeah. They talk to us, and even if they feel nervous, within three minutes they feel at ease. Yeah, with mm-hmm. us, yeah. we just have a, a way about making people feel comfortable and okay. Mm-hmm. What would what's the word? They yeah. just feel at ease. They feel they just feel at ease. Yeah, they feel it, it's important. Not judged. Yeah, it's they, Im- yeah, because yeah. we don't judge. We just don't judge because yeah. we get it. Yeah. People come from different backgrounds and different stress levels and different situations, mm-hmm. and we just we just want to help. And they feel that right away when they speak on the phone with us. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost like we know them when we come to their door. Like, mm. like you're here. Yeah, they're so yeah. excited. That's yeah, awesome. they're so excited. Well, and that's so kind of that feeling. relational it's piece. Feeling for us. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's that relational piece, right? Like we feel yes. at ease when we feel connected to people. Yes. And you guys are yes. easy to connect to. So I can appreciate yes. that that would be a yeah. piece for people. I do think kind of like one of the pieces of feedback. Oh, sorry. Say that again. No, I say we're kind of like fairy godmothers, yes. you know, like yes. you kind of float in and well, help well, out. Like, what a fun job. And then yeah, float yeah. back out. <laughs> we, we do have right? a I just get to be a fairy godmother. We just make people's day better. I mean, it's actually yeah. the thing that I thought of one of the pieces of feedback I've had from a number of clients I've worked with um, is this piece of like, so a lot of first responders talk about this idea of um, how they never know the end of a story. So um, if you talk to any first responder, whether it's a police officer or a paramedic or a firefighter or a nurse, whoever you talk to in the spectrum will say, I handled this chunk and then I turf the person off to the next thing. And I don't know what happens after that. Right. right? So like fire will be there first because usually yes. fire is there first and then fire turfs to medics. And so fire doesn't see what happens once they drive away in the ambulance. And they're That's like, true. I don't know if they live or die or okay or not. I don't know. And then I go do it again with the next person. Yeah. And then medics turf to the eMERGE and they don't know what happens after that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. The eMERGE nurses turf to a unit. They don't know what happens after that a lot of the time. And so there's a lot of like incomplete. And yes. then I hear a lot of people who are like, and then I go home to my house and it feels like a losing battle and it feels the same. Like no matter how many times I make the bed, I'm going to have to make the bed again tomorrow. No matter how many times I organize the playroom, 
I come back home and it's a disaster again. So it just feels like this like re-traumatizing almost experience for them yes. that they already live in their work and then they relive versions of that in their home. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really tricky because I think without like systems that help protect us differently inside of our houses so that we aren't feeling like it's such a losing battle all the time. Right. It does. It creates this experience, like a relationship to my home where I walk in and go like, ugh, like it feels like the same as at work, just in a different way. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We never thought of it that way, right? Where there's, there's no continuum, right? Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to remember that when we're working with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm curious about, I want to be mindful of our time because I know that you guys have a project to run to from this. Um, So what are some of the key pieces that first responders and frontline workers should be aware of or keep in mind when it comes to maintaining and managing their homes? Okay. Well, (laughs) I have a whole list, but I'll I'll just You've got like a, (laughs) I can see you like, where do I start? Um, well, similarly, when they're, when they're helping somebody, you know, there's, uh, and we've, as, as mothers, we've had tons of experience with ambulance drivers, yeah. <laughs> uh, ambulance paramedics helping our kids. Cause both, both our kids, you know, I, one has this and the other one has this and we've, yeah. we've, uh, we've experienced it many times. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's like, ah, ambulance. That's, yeah. that's old school. I know how to tackle that. ER. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. Five, six times in one year. Yeah. But we won't get into the details. Um, but you know how there's the approach, uh, when, when, when a frontline person walks in and nurse walks in, they, they're so calm and they're, and they don't get revved up because their energy then if they are nervous is going to pass on. And it's similar tackling your home life is don't sweat the small stuff. Um, it could be an overused, um, uh, piece of advice, but frankly it helps. Like you don't worry if there is uh, a bed that still needs to be made. It's okay. If you make it two in the afternoon when you get back from your shift or, um, don't worry about it. Nobody is going to say, you know, um, in your eulogy, well, she never made the bed until Mm -hmm. two o'clock in the afternoon. It's no big deal. But mentally, that action does help uh, clear the clutter. So similar to having systems at work and and methodologies, you have to instill that in your home life as well. Um, Mm. Look to a process like you look to a process, pardon me, when you're identifying the seriousness of a of a patient patient you do the same thing at home go through the process um don't tackle the entire house at once because that's going to be overwhelming mm-hmm. tackle mm-hmm. a specific room that is really driving you crazy if that's what you need to to clear up because if you um avoid that room because that is your biggest problem room and you just do the other small areas that bigger area is just that bigger problem area is just going to get bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. So and that's what we've noticed. <clears throat> pardon me. That's what we've noticed with our clients is, you know, I've just left this room because it just drives me nuts. But sometimes that's the one that you need to go to first. Um, yeah. Tackle that one. And then the rest will be like a piece of cake because you've just realized 
heck, I was able to tackle that. Yeah, it's somewhat um, empowering. It is right? empowering, mm-hmm. yeah. And we like to empower our, our clients as well, get yeah. them involved. Get them yeah. involved. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I, I could, you know, kind of merge into tips and tricks to do that. Yeah. Um, that it, it, I could mention. Yeah, those go for it. So, those. so what would those um, be? Well, first of all, um, you you have to put yourself first. Because in your job, you don't. You put everybody else first. That's that's the nature of your job. So you get home, and of course, you're putting everybody else first too. The kids have to eat. Um, your partner is starved and hasn't had time to make dinner, so you kind of have to figure things out right away. Um, ordering out goes up <laughs> exponentially, you know, so it becomes costly. But if you put yourself first and you identify what makes you happy and settled automatically everybody around you will feel that happiness and be happy and um we have a, a thing at home uh where we identify when we walk through the door how was your day what you know what worked what didn't work without getting into too much detail and it really helps because it allows you to vent but in a in a positive way you know, I had had a really bad day today, but the positive part is I get to come home and see you guys. And yeah. creating that positive mindset really makes a difference. And then people feel like, okay, there's hope. You know, we're going to have a happy evening. Um, what are we going to do? Let's tackle it together. Um, and when you do tackle those areas, keep in mind that it was a procrastinating area. So Mm -hmm. allow yourself the time to just go through it little bits and bobs. You don't have to get it all done in one day. Mm -hmm. You don't give yourself a plan. Um, That plan could be a hit list of three things. I'm going to unpack these boxes because when we moved, we never got a chance to unpack them. Okay. So that's the first thing. Don't unpack them, find a place for them, get rid of it. Slow, take it easy on yourself. Yeah, don't Allow, judge. And yeah, and don't judge yourself yeah. either. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. make those make those uh, decisions. And then the next day or the next week is like, okay, we're gonna tackle what we're gonna donate because it's a feel good to donate. And if I really want to keep that massive bear that's you know four feet tall and fuzzy and full of dust, um, let's take a picture of him. And then that picture will stay with us, but the bear is going to go to another happy place and also free up like six square feet of space. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's those things. Um, Can I just add something? I think think it's important, um, of course, like not judging yourself for, for sure. Um, cause I think that's what happens. You just start judging that, oh my God, I used to be so organized. What happened? So you're like, oh, and you just keep letting it pile because you're lacking time and energy yeah. and motivation. And they all just sort of go in this melting pot of, yeah. you just end up flat, right? Yeah. yeah. But reaching out for help. So, you know, often clients that we've spoken to, um, they said, well, I tried to reach out to my mother or my sister Mm -hmm. or or they tried to help, but it's just not working because there's judgment, right? With with family members. Why are you like this? Whatever happened? (laughs) And and then it becomes like, you should keep that because we've always had that in the family. Um, 
so it, you know, there's that. So sometimes like that, well, actually that's why our company works because people have gotten to the point and it's an ex- very much an accepted industry and it really works well together with your work mm-hmm. and because there's all the, all this psychology behind it. And if there's a cluttered home, there's a cluttered mind and it's just so basic, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to add something? I do. Can you tell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I do. I do want to say that if, if your finances can't afford to get outside help, that's okay. You know, use your family, use your kids, mm-hmm. use whomever, but set the parameters. Yeah. Set the parameters and say, I'm the decision maker. I'm the one who gets to decide if I keep this glass or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because blah, 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 because of the sentimental value. Yeah. But um, they become only your helper in terms of taking the item and putting it in the donate pile or taking the item and putting it in the garbage pile or taking the item and in the keep pile. It's important to, to assign the responsibility because that's what clients have told us is, Oh, they want to take over and they want to help. And they tell us keep this and keep that. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to get rid of it. And, and that's the frustration. So if you are able to have help from your family, awesome, but let them know these are the rules. (laughs) What we do is we, we like to um, give our client the control in their environment Mm -hmm. and empower them. And I think that's the positive um, outcome of having, you know, people like ourselves coming into your home, whether it's once or whether it's, uh, you know, we also have clients that book us frequently mm-hmm. um, is empowering them. Yeah. Right. Well, and to piece that right? power. At the end of the day, it's their like, life. Right. Cause if you feel like you're in control and I think that's what's happening is when they go home, they're not feeling in control. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah. A really big totally. thing. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like, it's like a retraining, right? Because it's not just about this moment in time. It's also about the future moments in time. Like what will you bring back into your home? And yes. how, right. And so if it's just you guys coming in and like doing the clean sweep and calling it all, they don't learn how to sit with the question. Like when I go to the store and I'm in home sense and everything's pretty. Right. And it's all relatively affordable. Right. Yes. I can look at it all and just be like, all of it comes home. But then <laughs> yes. if I've gone through this process, I don't want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I might sit different, right? I've been retrained to sit differently with the question of like, is this really what I want to bring into my home? Knowing exactly. that I have to now, this is a thing I now have to dust. Am I really excited about like, do I love this so much that every time I dust it, I'm going to feel great about that? Or is it not worth the shelf space it's about to take up in my life? When, like, in three years, am I going to wish I hadn't spent money on this and be donating it, right? Like, I might sit differently with those questions when I've been empowered to ask them. Right. So just just quickly, what what I think is, because we've seen it so many times, um, when there's a lack in one area in their life that they don't feel in control, they go outside, so yeah. that's when they buy too much, right? Mm-hmm. Either they can't find it or it's it's just this pattern. So you you just, you keep buying because it's filling a void. And it's making yeah. you happy. It, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah that momentary joy and it's always the challenge right right? like in life the short term versus the long term yeah kind of retail therapy we call we call it retail therapy everybody's familiar with retail therapy oh yeah even we do it I call it retail therapy yeah we yeah yeah we do it but uh there's there's a kind of a rule behind it. If you are going to buy something and bring it home, then you have to get rid of something too, or mm. else, or else the mountain of clothes or or mm-hmm. items just add up. Yeah. You know, and totally. a s- segue to what you said about going to HomeSense and getting a pretty container. Um, yes, getting a pretty container though that will fill your need and and truly help you in, in your systems of staying mm-hmm. organized is really key. And so. Yeah. Um, and those are other things that we add, but it, it's not so much about, you know, what our service is, it's about how we can help people and how they can help yeah. themselves too. Cause we'll, we'll counsel people on, sure, go, you know, buy exactly this, but mm-hmm. the caveat is you have to be wowed by it. Like when we mm-hmm. tell people uh, we'll get it for you and we bring it to their home, they have to be like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I was looking for. And they have to have the yeah. same reaction when they go and buy something. Don't just buy it because. Mm-hmm. Or um, walk away from it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> right? You walk yeah. away from That's a good test. Just walk away from it the first time. And and then if you're thinking about it still a few minutes later, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Careful, careful choices. But yeah. Okay. I'm aware that you guys need to race off to something else. Are there any parting thoughts before we end? We, we have our dog here. Uh, <laughs> this- oh, my goodness. <laughs> Frankie, that's that's Frankie. Frankie. Frankie, come. Frankie is come our here. assistant. Yeah. What a here he is. Everybody, oh my <laughs> goodness. Hey, Frankie. This is Frank. Hi, Frankie Pants. She has three dogs. I have a dog. Okay. Oh, she has three dogs and a cat, and I have one dog and a cat. And wherever oh we're working, they're are they're all over us. Yeah. <laughs> they're along for the ride. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What was really great opportunity to speak with you great to have you guys thanks so much for coming on thanks again to christina and nadine for taking the time to join me today don't forget to check the links in the show notes if you want to learn more about their work their website and instagram links can be found there and i promise you want to go check them out if for no other reason than the soothing feeling when you look at their pretty photos I also want to take time to say a big thanks to you, my amazing listeners, for continuing to spend time with me here. I know that you could choose to spend your time in a lot of places, and I feel really honored that you choose to spend it with me. If you value this podcast and want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are three ways that you can do that. Number one, rate and review Behind the Line on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. We love when you add comments and testimonials. It's great to hear your feedback. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and this amazing little community that we're building there. Every time that you like, comment, and share our posts, you help us to spread like wildfire, thanks to the magic of the algorithm. And number three, share this resource and our other resources with those you know. Whether that's forwarding our weekly newsletters onto your friends and coworkers, listening to the podcast as part of a team meeting, or using our burnout indicators checklist and triage guide as a staff-wide tool, every little bit helps us take our mission to the next level and serve those who are sacrificing so much to serve our communities out on the front lines. 
Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure that you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real life outside of work. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.